0: Welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast and a very warm welcome all the way from San Diego. Uh, And actually, we're delving into the past because it is 19 hours, I think it's about 19 hours difference. Um, All the way from San Diego, Mr. Paul Ross. How are you, my
1: friend? I'm burning with curiosity to know, is it really true that the toilets swirl in the different direction down under? It is true, in the opposite
0: direction. In fact, when I went to the States, or this is going back ninety-seven, ninety-eight, I was uh I was aghast at how you guys have it going in the opposite direction.
1: That's called the Coriolis effect in physics. Just <laughs> I, I know a little bit about everything.
0: Do you know the other thing that was really intriguing to me um back then as well is the the cheese, the color of the cheese. <laughs> I don't know how we get onto this topic, but the cheese, the cheese in the in the States when we were there was this really dark, rich yellow, almost orange colour. And in Australia, it's like a bright canary sort of yellow in terms of cheese. Well,
1: I'm sure all the exceptional sales leader and sales leaders are enjoying this so far. Let's jump in. Come on, come on.
0: Let's not talk about cheese. So, Paul, great to have you on the podcast. You are an author great. speaker. Um sales trainer, not not just Mm -hmm. a sales trainer, an elite sales trainer, been in the industry over 30 years. Mm -hmm. Master hypnotist and also a master practitioner of NLP, which is uh which is a phenomenal study. And also the author of the I'm gonna say the best selling book, Subtle Words That Sell.
1: Yeah, you can't see it if I I hold my green my green screen up. Thank you. (laughs) I'm also a healer. A healer? And a pickup girls coach, pick-up women nice. coach for guys. I started my career 30 years ago teaching men how to meet women. I now have an AI that does that. So I've retired from it.
0: Nice. So let's let's delve into this because I love to um I want to speak specifically with you around um the power of language in relation to sales, because right. the audience for this particular podcast predominantly are people in sales, running sales teams, or looking to get into some sort of leadership position around sales and Based on my own experience, having been in sales for over 20 plus years, the power of language is such an important thing. So, love to delve into all things. And as, as I showed you before we started uh, press and record, I've got uh, literally a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> so, my, my questions will come from um, the conversation that we have. But I like to start every every episode with, um, particularly with special guests like yourself with a little bit of a background in terms of the guest for that audience's benefit so tell me a little bit about the world of Paul Ross and your background and specifically what what led you to get into the work you've now been doing for the last well, 30 years
1: as i said for 32 years i started in 1988 i wrote a book and then in 92 i started seminars i was now the ai is doing all of it uh, I was a coach and a trainer for very lonely men in their 30s, 40s, even 50s who've never had a date in their life, but also including within that group, a subgroup of guys who were very successful and well-to-do and they had relationships, but they're single after 20 years and they didn't have a clue. In the course of doing that and learning NLP, I saw how language could affect my ability to heal these people and to change them and teaching them how to use language to communicate in ways that are emotionally evocative, that Mm. captured and lead and evoked emotions, uh, positive emotions, which would then be linked to them. So about 2006, uh, Darren, I started to get emails from guys who said, thank you, here's a picture of my wife and my kids, I met them using what you taught me. By the way, I've used this stuff in sales, my sales have gone up 300%. And I started getting more and more of these, I thought, hey, dumbass there's more <laughs> money to be made here and you, let's see if you can intellectually as a challenge to yourself map it over so i began to beta test it and sure enough this stuff is crazy it's crazy the power of this stuff uh i worked with i, I only work with people who are doing at least 300 to five hundred thousand uh in revenue usd yeah because I can afford to charge it and uh, it's a lot of work what i do but i work with a guy if you go to paul because there's no reason to believe me until you see it yeah i increased this guy's sales by 646 percent in uh just around 90 days which sounds impossible i understand that but i did so this is how i got into it and i am mad you asked about my world i'm madly in love with language Mm. I want not only to get stellar results for my VIP clients, I want them to fall in love with language just as I'm deeply, passionately in love with it. It's yeah. power to heal, persuade, sell, turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones and to create relationships across a broad spectrum.
0: I love it. And the fact that you've, you've done a lot of, uh, obviously the master NLP stuff, um,
1: I uh, so learned Richard Bandler, who co-created it, who was on my podcast, by the way. Okay, you- nice.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, depending on where you, where you speak, um, NLP as a, as a practice has, um, I guess, because it went off on all different directions, not yes. necessarily a great reputation, but when you look at the core of what it is, neuro-linguistics, so the brain, but also the way that we communicate through the power of language it's it's not just for sales it's for as for human beings the power of the way that we communicate
1: it's a mapper model for looking at human excellence mm. so when I started looking at leaders NLP enabled me to extract the structure of their talent what they believe how they respond what parts of their consciousness they're coming from which is a unique concept that I'll talk about shortly yeah and uh from there model it and then turn around and teach it to others and of course as someone who has had so much experience leading thousands of guys from the pit of involuntary celibacy to finding love, um, I had to be a leader and help people see past their trauma and their limiting beliefs and to enroll them in the vision that they could find love, which is not an easy thing to do with people who are deeply damaged
0: and that's and that's the thing because it all starts with i guess the conversations that we have with ourselves so when we talk about the power of language yes it can be used to influence others and particularly when you do that in the in the i guess the app um the or the power of sales but it starts with the language that we use for ourselves. And you mentioned just before the self-limiting beliefs a lot of people have, and, and we see this all the time, and you probably see it in your clients as well, salespeople and sales leaders or just people in general, whether they're entrepreneurs, saying to themselves, you know what, I, I don't think I can do that, or I can't do that. But they're not necessarily as consciously aware of the language they're using that leads them to have that self-limiting belief and then they Correct.
1: follow it. Correct. So part of this process is creating a, a- I believe that sales and leadership has to do with states of consciousness. Before Mm. you think of behaviors, think of states of consciousness. In other words, what states of mind do you want your team to be in? Do you want them to be resistant? Do you want them to be passive aggressive? Or do you wanna create a channel through which they can feel heard and they can feel seen, Mm. do you understand? So I teach specific language. For example, if you're having a challenge with a team member, you don't point fingers, you don't call names, you say these magic words, my experience of you is, Yeah. say it with me, my experience of you is, experience and, then, is yeah. and then you describe what it is you perceive, yeah. and that yeah. cannot be viewed as an attack. Yeah. There are ways to, to address people so they don't feel attacked. Uh, this is just an example, it's not specifically what I would teach a leader, but Many years ago, I had a Saab. I love Swedish things. (laughs) I just, I'm a Swedophile. I love Sweden. And it stopped in the middle of traffic, just stopped. It needed a software update. I had it code the Saab mechanic. And he said, Saab requires three failures before it will put in the software for free. Otherwise you have to pay $1,500. And I said, I understand. I, I appreciate you doing the best that you can for me. This is not aimed at you as a person. It's directed to you in your role as a mechanic for Saab. And I'm sure when you go home at night, you don't keep that uniform on and constantly think, how can I break my back so Saab can keep all the profits? So I want to thank you today for doing everything you can for me. I shook his hand. I walked 10 feet. He yelled, wait, come back. He not only put in the software for free, he said, your battery is dying. I put in a new battery too. So (laughs) those words, it's not aimed at you as a person. This is directed to you in your role as the head of human resources. My experience of the results you're getting is this, and you describe it. So are you open to feedback that would assist us both in being happy with where you're at? Mm. Now, there's no way that anyone even the most sensitive person can be resistant to that kind of language because it's not an attack. Yeah. You really prepare them when you say this is not about you I'm not notice the contrast between these words this is not a, this is not aimed at you as a person it's directed to you in your role as x. Yeah. So this way now it's just a role they understand it's not really me i can relax and hear what they have to say but this also requires cultivating a state of consciousness in the leader so i believe there are three states of consciousness this is just my model it's not Mm -hmm. true there's will consciousness where you set the direction you set the intention and you're not going to be stopped there's creative consciousness where you think of new ideas where you see the vision for your company The vision for your company comes from your creative consciousness, your own conscious mind. But then there's something that is not cultivated, that's not taught, which is witness consciousness. The ability to see two things. Number one, to see your own patterns arise before they take over your behavior, before they distort your perception and drive your behavior. When I do healing work, the big distinction I make is the big change That happens is when you're no longer looking through your patterns you're looking at them Mm. that requires that you cultivate a state that i call witness consciousness part of that is the ability to see where your team is at without having to go there for yourself either emotionally or cognitively does that make sense so So
0: disassociation
1: Yes, so, well, the people watching probably won't understand what that means. This is a technical NLP term, but it's more than that. Yeah. It's the genuine willingness to, it's the genuine courage to have the clarity to see what's going on. It requires courage. Yeah. And courage only comes when you have compassion for yourself. So think of three Cs, compassion, courage, clarity. Yeah, Courage won't come unless you have compassion for yourself then comes courage to see what's actually going on with yourself and your team. Mm. And then there comes the clarity to actually do it. Yeah. So As these days, if I could, one thing, okay. Darren, I don't mean to be disruptive in any way or disrespectful. The idea that sales and leadership is about states of consciousness is a bat. I don't want to say bat. I'll just say bat Bleed crazy, outside the box, disconnect the dots color outside the lines way of thinking about things, but it's the very ways of thinking and feeling and viewing and perceiving our world that are so far outside of what we're used to doing that hold the potential of bringing exponentially greater results than what they're you're used to enjoying. I'm not happy. If all I do is get well paid to create a incremental movement of the needle uh, mm. then I'm unhappy. I want to create exponential results and you can't do that from inside the box.
0: No, that's it. Which means you got to see things that are perhaps not there. So as a leader, you need to be knowing the way, going the way to use what John Maxwell always talks about, knowing the way, going the way and showing the way, which means you have to have the courage. You need to have the clarity and you also need to have um, consistency as well in terms of what.
1: That's true too. So make it four C's clarity, (laughs) courage, five C's clarity, courage, uh, compassion courage clarity communication and consistency so we can create a whole system now (laughs) learn the five c system that exponentially increases your results through being an exceptional sales leader with (laughs) written by darren mitchell and paul ross (laughs) i'm also a copywriter i write (laughs) i write my own copy i've i've written all my own copy for for years love it love
0: it and so with that let's talk about um cuz the other as you were talking through that the other thing that came to mind as well because a lot of a lot of sales people and sales as a, as a i guess profession depending on who you talk to has not the greatest reputation even though every single person on the planet is in sales of some form right whether you're carrying a sales target or not if you're if you're influencing somebody if you're trying to get an idea across the line you have to sell if you have a partner, one of you at some stage got sold. So, um, a lot of people look at sales as being, you know, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit dodgy, it's manipulative, it's all about convincing, it's about getting people to do things that they don't. I have hope all. it's
1: manipulative, but what I was going to, I want to train people to be ethically manipulative.
0: That's the thing I was talking about. Going to get and you be up.
1: ethically Sorry. manipulative, yeah. and I believe yes, there's no, there's nothing wrong with being crafty and clever. Yeah. In the service of a decision that helps your team and helps your vision. Yeah. As long as you're not doing the following things. You're not using threats and coercion. You're not lying about facts. You're not concealing material facts. You're not pushing down really hard on negative, on painful emotions like pain, yeah. like shame, fear, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Then you're fine. For me, manipulation just means, excuse me, I'm so sorry. It just means to move with deliberateness. Mm. That's all it means. When the surgeon takes that scalpel or that drill, you better believe, you better hope damn well that they're great manipulators of that instrument.
0: Absolutely. So the, under, the underlying premise on all this is it has to be ethical. You have to have the right principles. Um, and I actually believe, based on my own career and what I teach my clients, is sales is is actually the ultimate form of service. So sometimes it may well be that you have to convince and ethically manipulate, influence them to make a decision that perhaps they've never seen before. And maybe some of that is to overcome some of the self-limiting beliefs they might have about their own capability or the capabilities of their right
1: team. And to me, sales is about getting your ideas into your prospect's mind, but equally and... Perhaps paradoxically, it's about expanding their mind to include new possibilities that they either didn't see for themselves or didn't believe they deserved. Never underestimate the resistance to a sale you'll get because, on a profoundly unconscious and deeply buried level, they don't believe they deserve it.
0: Yeah. Which is, which is actually interesting. So, the work that you do, coming back to the fact that you're working 30 years ago with, with, men who were um
1: you know not involuntary in celibates <laughs> i love that term. and now um, the ai does it amazingly well the ai answers about 80 percent the way i do i don't have to be there anymore it's scalable yeah. not scalable
0: nice. nice um let's talk about then the language of that because that translates to our ability to sell anything first, yeah. first of all selling yourself right so what are some of the what are some of the key language patterns that you, you found um, stopped people from uh, moving from involuntary celibate to voluntarily connected for example what were you what talking was the about catalyst?
1: what I thought? Okay let's unpack that. Are you talking yeah. about intrapersonally how they spoke to themselves mm-hmm. or interpersonally how they talked to women or both? Well, I think it's
0: both because it, it translates then to sales because when you think about sure. you look at 10 salespeople and Pareto tends to work out just at every eighty percent one of the things
1: 80%. one of the things I do when I do change work with anybody, whether it's a five million dollar a year executive or or whatever it is, or whether it's with a guy who you know couldn't get a woman in a women's prison with a fistful of pardons. First thing I do is divorce the problem, separate the problem from their sense of identity. So when guys used to come to me and say, I'm just a loser with women, I would say, which is more accurate? I'm a loser with women or up until now, I hadn't learned my skills at effectively communicating and attracting women. And suddenly you'd see their whole physiology would change because I used the words up until now which gets rapport with the unconscious mind instead of saying, I am a great, I am a stud and I can get any woman. The unconscious mind says, no, you can't. No, you can't. As all these examples, when you say up until now, first of all, you're binding the problem in time. You're saying, yes, it's the case that up until now, but it opens the neurocircuitry Mm. for, for change. Doesn't guarantee it, but opens up the possibility up until now it was the case again putting it in the past so now twice you put it in the past it was the case that i had i had yet to claim my skills at effectively communicating with women mm-hmm. when i say i had yet that presupposes it will happen to claim my skills presupposes and again please this show is not about learning to date women but I'm just giving you an example all right but How it's the you life, use kind of it language in, to self yeah yeah uh I get to claim my skills now I've really divorced it from who they are and just made it about skills mm. see people have beliefs as you know as an NLP guy about their capability their possibility and their identity yeah it can be very difficult to change someone's sense of identity But changing their beliefs about that they can learn a skill is relatively hear what I'm saying, Darren. Relatively easy compared to changing their identity. It's massively easier. So if you were going to apply this in the leadership context, you could have someone come to you and say, "I don't know. I just I I can't um, I'm I can't reach my full potential, and my role is so and so." And so um, you could say. So what I think I hear you saying is up until now it was the case that you didn't have the skills or the guidance to reach your full potential. How does everything now change on the inside? As you stop, take a breath and recognize that's true for you. Mm. Do you hear all that NLP language? Now people are not trained in NLP. You don't need to be, you don't need to know that, but do you, do you, get it Darren, how that would powerfully work.
0: Oh, absolutely. And this is this is why I wanted to delve into this because I look at I look at a lot of different sales people and sales leaders and they're on various levels of performance and various levels of belief. Right. And if you listen very carefully to the language, which is um a precursor to their behavior, often from a coaching point of view, a lot of sales coaches will say, oh, Paul, you're not getting your sales results, so let's look at the actions you're taking. And if I change some of the actions, that should change the result. We right. know that we need to go back step uh, a couple of steps before that to say, well, hang on a second. What is the context of the language you're using, the thought process, the thought patterns that's leading mm-hmm. you to take this action? Because if mm-hmm. I change that strategy, then it means that the actions you take will yeah. now change.
1: Now, here's the, here's the thing. In order to do that, you have to be okay with getting that genuine feedback you can't you can't need to control the entire interaction there's a difference between influencing and shaping it and controlling it so if you're in any way insecure or you feel that any feedback is just resistance i never see resistance i only see an opportunity for me to be a better leader and a better teacher yeah back when i did these seminars for guys i had guys constantly not getting it I never blame them. I always thought, and they would apologize. I'd say, never apologize. The only mistake is to not ask the questions. I would always think, here's an opportunity for me to be a better teacher. Mm. So when these kind of challenges occur, it's really best to take on the belief, here's an opportunity to be an even better leader. This is the mindset to take on. Now, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually do it. And the missing piece between the information and the implementation is that state of consciousness, cultivating that witness state of consciousness. Because if you don't have it, you're just gonna steamroll over people. And when we steamroll over people, we create passive resistance, we create turnover, and all the things that are gonna screw your vision badly.
0: And this is often where uh, people start to use the terms, or oh, you're manipulating, you're manipulating me to try and get things for you, right? So becomes not the way of, I
1: do it. I've um, never had that come up, and my yeah. students and VIPs don't have that come up. Nope. No, which
0: which then means there's an underlying um, level of trust that has to be established. And so when we think about selling, for example, trust is at the foundation of everything, right? Because if people do business with you. It's because no. they you, they like, they trust you? No. no, no.
1: Okay. The underlying foundation is them trusting themselves to make a good decision because you're never selling the product or service. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. Yes, they have to know, like, and trust you, but that's no longer enough nowadays. And can I tell you why? Sure. It's no longer enough. I'm not saying you, sh- you shouldn't get there. You have to get there, but it's not enough, and here's why. Nowadays, prospects don't trust their ability to make a good decision for three reasons. Number one, they're overstimulated by too mm. much going on in the environment, which means number two, they can't focus. I'd hold up my iPhone, but you won't be able to see it because of the green screen screening it out. But mm. how many times I invite everyone watching this who's able to do so without getting into a traffic accident. Oh, look, you can see it. You can. Look at yeah. that. Do Look at your iPhone or, or stop and think for a minute. How many times have you checked your iPhone, your Android, your Samsung, whatever it is? Yeah. it destroys the ability to focus. So if your prospects can't focus, they can't make a good decision. Second thing is they have too many options. Now, I have ways of getting around that. Uh, but they have too many options. And number three, they they're numbed, they're numbed out and dumbed down. But here's the paradox. They're also really sophisticated. Yeah. They've seen all the tactics and techniques, which is why you have to go with some lunatic mad scientist who's coming in from outside the boxes. They've never seen what I've got, what I'm laying down. There's an old saying, I didn't come up with it, that a tactic identified is a tactic disarmed. In the back of my book, one of the things I say, are you tired of the same worn out sales scripts, assume closes, Tag questions and other stale nonsense that just doesn't work, insults your prospects intelligence and makes you feel like a schmuck. So <laughs> I've seen and heard it before, but they're all ironically, they're more sophisticated, but they're also numbed out, which is a bizarre paradox. But in yeah. paradox, there's power.
0: Mm. There is absolutely. And it and it does a bit of a pattern interrupt as well, because they're expecting a certain Um, a certain tactic or a certain strategy to play out when you do something completely different. I love pattern interrupts. Pattern
1: interrupts interrupts are a third, about a third to almost half of what I teach. So for example, I love a pattern interrupt called the counter example. So if someone says I need more time to think it over, I wouldn't give the traditional answer, which is, well, what is it you need to think over? Let's look at it and, and I'll do that later. I'll say, if someone says, I need more time to think it over, my answer is, I understand, but I've got to ask, have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be a horrible decision? (laughs) Now, right then, it's going to give them amnesia for that objection because they're all going to immediately go to all the times where they've done that, and it's a universal experience. So now the objection is not only handled, it's wiped out. Yeah. Then I would follow up with maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you're seeking to understand. A great decision is being made, and you can move forward. Yeah. So, what do we need to clarify for you? For you to for you to see it's safe for you today. Yeah. That's when you ask for the clarity. Mm -hmm. Once you uh, erase the objection. So I'm not here to tell you. uh, Get rid of all your traditional sales stuff, but add this in, inject it into the DNA of what you're doing, and watch the needle not only move, watch it break. <laughs> because uh, I don't teach sales processes, by the way. You have to have an existing one that's working really well.
0: Well, that's interesting. You touched on that because a lot of the work I do is very similar. I'm not, I'm not wedded to a particular sales process. Whatever the sales process is, that's the sales oh. process, right? There are some good ones out there there are some not so good ones out there. It's all about the people that utilize it, right? And what's happening in terms of your thinking patterns and your language patterns. Um, so from a from a selling point of view, as a sales leader or a salesperson listening to this, because I know that you talk a lot about the power of rapport and how particularly in sales presentations, we have to build rapport really quickly with a prospect so they can get into a position where they may take... Um, uh, credibility from what we've got to say because it's there to we're there to help them make a, a an educated buying decision what are some thoughts you have around around rapport you're not
1: going to like this <laughs> Actually, you will. i like to challenge my mother said to me when i was like six years old i was assassinated and she shook her finger at me she said paul if you don't knock it off you'll grow up to be an iconoclast i said what's that mommy She said that's someone who goes around kicking over other people's sacred ideas and making them really angry. I said, yes, I want to be an iconoclast. So let me be iconoclastic with you for a moment. Rapport is only as good as it serves to create suggestibility and compliance. I'll say it again. Rapport is only as good as it creates suggestibility and compliance. Just someone feels a rapport with you because... You know, you know the old trite sales technique of point to the fish on the wall and say oh my god i love fishing too so what they have to be in a state of suggestibility so you can create those states of consciousness of being focused on you mm. of trusting themselves etc and to be in a state where essentially they comply and so rapport may or may not be necessary. Sometimes I want to sh- break rapport. There are times to shock the client, to absolutely shock the client, and because when you shock the client or interrupt their pattern, you're breaking rapport. Mm-hmm. As you know, people think, feel, respond, act, and fix patterns. When you break the pattern, they don't know what to do. Now, I'm old enough to remember live soap operas, live TV. I don't know if you are or not. Broadcast live, and occasionally you would see an actor forget his line. And then the other actor would be like, what do I say? You, they they would look off, cam- off camera, off shot to see the director and hoping the director would give some indication of what to do. So people become very leadable. Yeah. And you create a window of suggestibility through which you can lead them. So let me unpack that. Let's say someone says... Um, This is for the real estate field, but you could apply it everywhere. I just wanted to give a specific thing. You don't have to be in real estate, and I teach a lot of different fields. It doesn't matter, as long as you get that. Uh, Sometimes you hear, I don't want to pay such a high commission. Now, I teach them, I teach, again, (laughs) to shock them out of that, to say, well, what you haven't realized yet, Mr. Smith, is with the right agent, you're not paying a commission. You're investing in skills. <laughs> Maybe you'll get lucky with the bargain basement choice, but you really want to gamble with the most important investment of your life, your home, and then shut up. You just shut the F up, S-T-F-U. Now, look at what you've done there. You say, with the right, with the right agent, I'd subtly point to myself, I'm implying it. I didn't say. It. I didn't say I'm the right agent. I imply yeah. it. Yeah. With the right agent, you're not paying a commission. You're investing in skills. Now, no one wants to pay. Paying mm. even sounds like pain. P a y n g sounds like p a i n. Yeah. It's what we call a phonetic ambiguity in in NLP. I'll try to avoid the jargon. <laughs> you're invet- So this is what I call compare and contrast. You're investing in skills, Mm. correct? And in the connections you won't find anywhere else. I would add that bit in. Maybe you'll get lucky with a bargain basement option, but you really want to gamble with the most important investment of your life, your home,
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: and then shut up. Do you see how that reframes the entire thing completely?
0: Well, it does, and it points to what you talked about before in terms of Um, suggestibility and if the person hears that language and then computes that in their mind they hear the words gamble they think well bargain basement well you might get lucky thinking well i can't i can't take that chance because if this is this if this means everything to me I've got to align myself with somebody who is professional who will get the best results. So therefore, it is an yes. investment, it's not a cost. But investment.
1: notice what I didn't say, Darren. I didn't say I'm the agent for you. I'm the no. profession professional who will get you the best results. But it's uh, if you don't use me, you're going to lose. I didn't yeah. say it. It's all no. implied. Yes. And so here's the power of implication. It rests on this foundation. Whatever you can get your prospect to imagine for themselves will be perceived by them as being their own thought. So one of the techniques to do that is to be vague. Another one way to do it is to imply things. Because when you imply, the person will connect the dots for themselves, often unconsciously. Yeah, yeah.
0: And through that process, all of a sudden, you create a high level of credibility because you're not saying, I am the best agent or I am the best service provider. They come to
1: that conclusion.
0: Yes. And then through that process, you're literally starting to remove some let's just say some price objections um, because they don't want to be seen to be making the wrong decision and going into a bargain basement sort of Bingo. get what you pay for type of scenario. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> and all of this, my friends, is <laughs> <it's> manipulation. <laughs> but but it's it's in the service.
1: I believe it's in the service. It is. is. You can't, if you're not congruent with the message if you really aren't super skilled then it's going to catch up with you oh absolutely because there's such a thing now i don't know if they have it in australia there's something called yelp yeah 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 do they have yelp i've got more revenge on bad businesses and bad service on on yelp uh believe me uh, you don't want to mess around you won't get referrals either
0: no no, and that's the other thing I, I often say to salespeople. And I, I had a gentleman this morning I was talking to, and we we're talking about an experience that he had purchasing a, a car and wanting to go back and and purchase another one in a couple of years, and the fact that the salesperson who sold him his original car continued to nurture a relationship with him. Uh, my own experience with with buying cars is most of the salespeople get your sale and they move on to the next sale, and you don't yeah. hear you don't hear boo from them, right? So. I've actually built a a philosophy around the sale actually doesn't start until after the sale is made. And so that means um, if you and I have an experience, I provide exceptional service to you, I help you get exceptional results, you're going to think of me more highly. But my job is to continue to nurture that environment and nurture that relationship because there may not be be anything in it for me in the short term, but when there's an opportunity, I'm going to be the first person that you think about.
1: Mm -hmm. And life is a moving parade. Yeah. One of my mentors, Dan Kennedy, said, you never know when that person's going to come back around and have a need.
0: That's it. So say top of mind, which means all the stuff we're talking about, it's done with um,
1: ethical. Top of um, mind and bottom of the mind. Deep, deep (laughs) down. (laughs) Because (laughs) you're unconscious as you listen very deeply. Can find its own reasons to stop and just feel that. Never mind, I'm not going to mess with you hypnotically. Well, I yet. forget.
0: I forgot to tell you that. You, uh, tell the audience that you're also a master hypnotist. So um, the only uh, thing well, that wasn't, yeah. wasn't with and you was before... that.
1: That works against me sometimes because they're terrified. Like, what if he tries to hypnotize me on the 15 minute breakthrough call? And I say, just hang up. I don't care. It won't hurt my feelings. Just hang up. And 15 minutes is not a lot of time to do any damage. So, <laughs> right. So, don't be afraid. It's 15 minutes. That's why I keep it short. And I tell people hey, if you're, if you feel that way, hang up, mm. just hang up. Absolutely. I, I've been hung up on before. Is it, it doesn't hurt my feelings. No, because it's not, a, it's not about us. And this is
0: the other key thing I think we need to be recognizing is that, particularly in selling, it's not It's not about you. Yes, you'll reap the benefits, but it's all about the service you're going to provide and the problem I'll, you're going to solve for the person.
1: I'll tell you a story. This goes back to my dating coaching. I had a client who wanted me to take him out in the field, as we say, and show him the ropes. And I said, I don't do that. It's exhausting. He said, I'll give you $10,000 cash. I said, bring it. He comes over to my townhome, Marina Del Rey, excuse me, dumps it out. I quickly go through it. I said, let's go. I take him to a restaurant that has an outdoor patio. And this guy proceeds to get shot down, catch fire, go down in flames. Uh, He he got a drink thrown in his face, but to his credit, he kept smiling. But Darren, have you ever been so embarrassed for someone else's shame you couldn't take it? (laughs) I couldn't take it. After almost two hours, I pulled him out of there. It's just past midnight, we're waiting in the parking lot way before the days of Uber. About 10 feet away, I see a very attractive woman and I just say, hey, there's a very attractive lady waiting for her cat. It went in the wrong ear and she started screaming obscenities at me, telling me to do things to myself that are physiologically impossible, <laughs> uh, talking about dead relatives being in eternal punishment. Uh, it was, I was fine, but my cl- I was even laughing inside, but my client got really angry. He went to charge at her. He got red in the face. I put my arm out. I said the following words. It really interrupted her rage. Yeah. I said this. I said, "No, she can do whatever we she wants. We decide how we respond." And now here's what got her. Remember, she was still raging at me. Yeah. When I said this, I looked right at her, and I said, "Look, she's someone's sister. She's someone's daughter. She's someone's best friend. Somewhere." She's deeply loved. And there was a look of utter confusion on her face. And then she burst into tears, came running over to me, threw her arms around me and just sobbed. Uh, is it inconsolably or unconsolably? Uh, just sobbed. And just, I could feel her pressing her body against me and the body heat coming off of her. And she said, that's the most loving thing I've ever heard. I can't believe the loving connection I feel with you right now um it's this is not your fault guys have been to me all night long um I feel a real connection with you can I get your number and I said I'm so sorry I have a girlfriend and I'm working <laughs> but what's the point of that story not that I'm some super pickup artist the point <laughs> of that story is this I number one I didn't make it about me yeah but number two equally Darren I didn't make it about her I didn't yeah. say she's a nasty person she's a B word or C word, I thought I had compassion. I thought without identifying with her, I didn't go where she's going emotionally. I saw it and stayed cool. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is not a a bad person. It's someone in pain who's reacting from anger because it feels empowering to her. So what can I do? What can I use to interrupt that and put her in a better state? So I didn't make it about me. I Hmm. didn't make about her and I use my language artfully to manipulate her I manipulated yeah. her from rage to feeling loved yeah now if I can teach if I can do that then teaching already really successful people excuse me who to have these skills with their team or out in the field or to train their team out in the field is relatively easy yeah not for it's a lot of work on my part because I'm dealing yeah. with a lot of people, but it's relatively easy for them to get.
0: Yeah, because they'll they'll have they'll have the sales pressure, they'll have the sales techniques. What you're doing is is in some cases breaking, interrupting the patterns and installing new strategies.
1: Which which goes back to my point that rapport is overrated because sometimes yeah. you need to break rapport entirely. Yeah, yeah. If I had been in rapport with her, what would I have done? I would have screamed back.
0: Yes. Yeah, because you would have been almost matching. You I
1: couldn't... would have been enraged too, and yeah. she would have become the emotional leader. Yeah. How can you be any kind of sales leader? What to say exceptional if yeah. you're not the lead emotional the leader, which requires one more skill, which is emotional self regulation. Yeah, no one teaches how to self regulate emotions. Uh, I do teach that. I have techniques for teaching that to people. If you can't emotionally self regulate and get your and then co regulate your team. By co-regulate, I mean the way in which you direct and respond it allows them to get out of their mammalian limbic system yeah. and back into the cortex and prefrontal cortex. Yeah. So the inferior orbital prefrontal cortex controls executive function. That turns off when the cortisol and the adrenaline and the amygdala are activated. Yeah. But by breathing in a certain way and getting them to mirror that without them knowing it, and interrupting their patterns, you turn that off. Because if someone's already in the amygdala, this is the neuroscience of mm. uh, persuasion that I learned from my colleague, Chase Hughes. Uh, Chase, you should get him on the show, but he's probably too busy. Um, but I learned from everyone. And I always give credit where credit is due.
0: And that's the interesting part about that is um, certainly as a leader, you've got to be really conscious of the example that you're setting because everybody's watching and be really conscious of the language you're using and the patterns of behavior that you're demonstrating because often it's not what you say. It's the things that you don't say that speak so loudly that people start to model and duplicate.
1: And it's the energetics. It's yeah. what you're doing with your emotions and what you're doing with your physiology yeah. and your overall outlook. Are you taking it seriously? My, our, my mentor who co-created NLP, Richard Bandler, who I had on my podcast, The Influencer's Edge, by the way, on all platforms. Um, That's that's influencers plural without the (laughs) offering (laughs) enough value to deserve a few plugs to have earned it. Um, Richard taught me that you can be thorough without being serious. Once you take yourself seriously, you're up S Creek. You can be thorough without being serious. And that's what I do my best to convey to my clients.
0: Love it. Love it. So the other part I love to delve into um, is mindset. And I know that you've probably got a slightly different um, take on mindset and the fact that the traditional ways that the common teaching around mindset um, (laughs) can actually stifle progress rather than uh, enhance it. We talk a lot, and there's a lot of sales training that talk about the importance of sales, sales mindset and having an elite sales well, mindset. And let what, let what are me, your
1: thoughts on that? Let me, let me push the pause button. What does that exactly mean? Which mindset? What, what mindset? Are you talking about confidence? What kind of confidence? Yeah. Me, the most important mindset is based on a skill, and that's learning confidence, which simply means you have the ability, the structured, teachable ability to actually learn from every experience now i'm assuming you've taken self-help courses and self-actualization and realization courses how many times have you heard learn from every experience lots has any i'm going to make a prediction or not one of those people who said that gave you an exact procedure to use in order to do that no all right. One of the unique things I'll claim about me is because I had to teach these guys who are desperately hurting yeah. how to do that. I've come up with an exact procedure to actually get people to learn from every experience. I used to get so angry when I would hear that I would say, "Well, thanks a lot." That's like my car is broken down in the desert and I've got one percent power on my cell phone. I call the mechanic. He said, "Oh, you just have to take the two cams and hook up the fragestat as you twist the." to the left, 35 degrees, and then the phone dies. So like, well, if I knew how to do that, I wouldn't be calling you a jerk. So <laughs> if you don't have that, you're missing a valuable skill. What to say? The ability to teach that to your team. So when I come into a company, I I first work with the leader because the leader, if he doesn't have or she, I don't mean to yeah. be sexist, if he or she, or they or whatever you, your pronouns are, my pronouns are. Your highness and master. <laughs> I'm gonna make some enemies here today, but I don't care. I gotta see. I'm poking people. My mom also said you're a gadfly. I said, "What's a gadfly?" She said, "You like to like buzz around people's heads and annoy them." <laughs> if, if the sales leader has to go first, so that means the sales leader. When I go in, I teach all these skills to them. They have to have that skill of learning from every experience before they can teach it to their team. So you see, I'm pointing out some things that I uniquely do, which is teaching different states of consciousness, which I think no one else even thinks in those terms. And I'm also teaching that exact technique to learn from every experience. And if you give that to your team, then it vastly increases their ability to step outside what they're used to doing. Mm -hmm. You can't enroll someone in, in your vision if they feel so unfamiliar with it. It has to be unfamiliar to be a vision, but if they believe they can't learn to do it, because the more unfamiliar and extraordinary your vision is, the bigger the challenge you're going to have in convincing your team that they can do it because it stands yes. so far outside of what they're yeah. used to do. Yeah. So you have to have the skill set of being able to learn from every experience so you can convey it to your team, even more than confidence, even more than I know I'll make the sale if I pick up the phone, I'll get 100 no's, I'll get a yes first of all it shouldn't be a numbers game anything that's a numbers game means you don't understand the underlying principles that drive the behavior and the response i don't i don't believe in numbers game you train with me you won't be playing numbers games anymore
0: nice and with uh, with that with uh, without giving away the specific techniques obviously it's proprietary what are some of the key things that leaders in particular can learn from experiences that helps them I guess translate that to to this. So situation. I'll
1: give you the categories. So I'll give you the secret sauce. Sure. I'll give you the categories. First of all, they learn sequentially. What are they doing sequentially that stands for improvement? When I coach, the first thing I train that leader is what am I doing right? Yeah. People are not evolved. The brain is not there to make you happy. It's there to make you survive. Which means we always focus on mistakes and what we do wrong. Yeah. So I have to train that in a different way using trance and. Yeah. hypnosis and meditation and other techniques so that's the first thing the second thing is you look at what you did sequentially like from the start of your presentation to your team to the very end what could have been adjusted there and then you look at what you you could have changed that you do all the time it's constantly has to be present throughout the whole thing so that's the second category the third category is to look and see I'm going to have to use an NLP term, folks. So is it an analog that needs to be corrected or is it digital? To explain the difference between analog and digital, analog means you can move it along a range. So, for example, I can make my voice quieter or I can make my voice louder. That's analog. Digital is on or off. It's either there or it's not. So it could be something in your analogs. Maybe your analogs are off. You're speaking too quickly. You're speaking too loudly, which involves me doing a little voice coaching. I'm not an expert voice coach. If they really have a problem, I'll refer them out to someone who is or tell them to go watch a course or whatever it is. But it could be your body language, your blink rate is too high, so you're creating anxiety in other people, all sorts of things. Uh, It could be the chunk level at which you're looking at things. Are you looking at the big picture or looking at small little pieces? Yeah. And a good question, finally, I like to teach my leaders is if I already had mastery of these skills, how would my behavior and my thinking and my feelings be different? Yeah. Because it future paces them into a time in the future and it pulls out resources from creative consciousness. Remember I said creative consciousness? Will consciousness creative will and they witness and, and witness love it love it so I told you'd be a great interview when we were in the green room <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely and that's why I love I love speaking to people who um are on the same wavelength because i'm warmed
1: something. up this is my second <laughs> one of the day. so i have been in the swing of the bat Practise
0: sensational sensational well i'm also conscious of your time paul because we are we're nearly nearly on the hour so um and i have, have a I... hot date
1: i have a hot date with <laughs> scrum hanson she's awesome. sending the private jet uh, I, I i told her it's over but she ain't listening
0: and the private jet is is another way to entice you to change your mind love it yeah so as we as we sort of bring this for a bit of a landing, um, if we look at look at this year, right and what do you what do you what are some advice or what are some things you can give to sales leaders in particular or people who are wanting to expand their influence to really well, grab hold to of the
1: unique the unique skills you need are to be able to see where other your team is without having to go there for yourself. Yeah. which in turn is relied re- relies on the skill of emotional regu- regulation. The skill of developing witness consciousness, the skill of being able to learn from every experience. These are and these are things that are not taught anywhere else. Mm. Uh, I, honestly, I say it without arrogance. I think you'll only find it through me. Yeah. But you also n- need to know how to use language to create states of consciousness. Mm. How can you create states of focus? Uh, create a state where the the your team or the person you're just selling to views yourself as their leader and does it very quickly. You don't have time to take 20 to 30 minutes because yep. people have the attention span of, uh, gnats. <laughs> <laughs> of the gnats. One of those buzz flies. <laughs> mm, the gadflies. flies. Good tie back. Good call back. You're a sharp man.
0: Thanks, man. So um, as we wrap up, love to know where where can people learn a little bit more about, about Paul? Um, and well, i created... Your I've created, as well in the show notes as well. I've
1: created a uh, free goodie because my stuff, uh, I think, has so much uh, unusual in it. I have to give free samples so you can go out and try it. So this is not specifically made for leaders; it's salespeople mm-hmm. in general. But you can apply all the principles. So first of all, if you want to get a free digital copy of my book, "Sotto yep. Words," itself, and additionally we have a training uh, called. Subtle words for super sales, where I teach five words you can use to do all this stuff, create focus, rapport, uh, focus, and states where they believe you're their leader, et cetera, et cetera. Establish your leadership with five words in less than 60 seconds. I have a brief video training. Take five minutes to consume it. And I have one more goodie there I'm not going to name. You want to get that? Go to paulrossbook.com. If you would like to apply to work with me, I I do require an application because people have to fit a certain set of criteria, sure. yeah, and uh, um, not just financially, but they have to have the mindset that says I want the cutting edge on my competition, and I'm willing to take on something completely outside the box, get yep. my get the lines disconnected and the dots disconnected, uh, color sure. outside the lines, to ha- take on that mentality go to www.talk no www.apply to Paul
0: one word
1: yeah it's the it's the it's not the number two it's the word two yeah apply Perfect. to Paul.com I do so much work for people that I really do only take on three people a quarter we tend to work only for 90 days to four months max yeah. because yeah. I want to get people results rapidly. People yeah. pay more for speed. They speed do. is important.
0: Absolutely. Brilliant. And uh, the influencers, what what influences the,
1: influencers- the influencers edge. There's no apostrophe for that. That's my yeah. podcast. And I'd like to have you on, on my podcast. A- Let's talk about that briefly when we go off the air. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I, I want to close by saying, I want to thank you for, <laughs> you can tell, I can you tell I love this? Absolutely. Um, I want to thank you for the privilege of doing what I love more than anything else with my clothes on, which is teaching. <laughs> I really love it. I was born to teach and, and to heal and to change. And I think that leadership can be a healing process, both for yourself and your team. I really Absolutely.
0: believe. Absolutely. So, Paul, greatly appreciate you you sharing that and coming thank onto you. the onto the podcast, even though you're in on Thursday and I'm on Friday. <laughs> right. But thank you so much. This was your second one today. So, um, for our listeners and from my from my point of view, thank you for for sharing so much gold on the exceptional sales letter podcast.
1: Time for my old man nap.
0: <laughs> Hang on, I thought you had a hot date to go to.
1: Uh, i I canceled at the last minute saying I had a family emergency. <laughs> that's what they always used to do to me in college. Uh, I kept the scrapbook of all the excuses for the cancellations
0: <laughs> that maybe that maybe that's another book, my friend.
1: No, I burned that thing
0: <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Sure. thank you.